Are we live? Welcome to the Leon One Podcast. Welcome to the We On One Podcast, hosted by David the Welcome to the We On One Podcast, hosted by David the Tune in to the We On One Podcast, hosted by David the Coppo. Welcome back to the We On One Podcast, hosted by David the Capo. Today I am joined with a very special guest, my brother, Jiggy Bars. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you having me out, man. I've been excited for this interview. Yeah, bro. We've we've been talking about doing this interview since like middle February. Facts. You know? And I hate calling it an interview, bro, because like with my podcast, bro, I really try to do more like of a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is like the first podcast that I'm doing with like a professional setup. And I felt like it was only right, you know? Yeah, so facts. thank you so much for for being here and you know, going through the growing pains with me, bro. Facts. Thank you, know? you for um, joining and being a part of our community. You know, this oh, yeah, is what this is what we preach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's only right that we bring you in. No, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we went to high school together. We're from the same hometown, you yeah, know? So it's yeah. always like, I'm always going to look out. You know no, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. Because like, it's like we were talking about, you know, before we even press record, we were already, we were already potting, bro. We Facts. was already getting into it. But um, it's like we said, like, there's not really a lot of people where we come from that like, do the media shit. shit it's more like you know if they do they do the little local rap shit they mm-hmm. do like you know and all that and then that's what's up like because you chase them fucking dreams facts but it wasn't really like a like a setup and like a real i don't know how would you say like a real community of yeah it there. oh absolutely and that's that, what we're trying to do too like yeah. i'm trying to be the be not the face of it but help definitely help pioneer that shit yeah. where we're from yeah definitely help bring unity um yeah. with me like i'm so glad that I did not start my music career in Lake County around Lake because it would have been like I would have got no progress. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I had to go away for several years before I came back with yeah. a whole different mindset. Yeah. And so then let's start. Let's start a little bit. So you're from Round Lake. Yeah. I'm from Round Lake. So I obviously I remember you from like middle school, high school, and shit mm-hmm. like that. But like, really, when did you when did you decide wake up and be like, fuck it, I'm gonna start be rapping? Or what was that like inspiration to become a rapper? So I um. Through all throughout high school, man, I was I was just more on, on my sports grind, you yeah. know, um, just trying to get into college, all that shit. I ended up going to college, and my first my first two years, I played football. Um, I was on the, I was on the team, you know what yeah. I'm saying. I was I was on college. I was on the college campus, you know. We were doing our shit. I ended up linking up with my blood brother, who I always knew about, and it's crazy because yeah. people that I went to high school. It's a crazy fucking story. Yeah, too, it is bro. because people I went to high school with had no idea that I had brothers. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know what I'm saying, a brother that I was close with. Yeah. So so like it was, I believe, my second year of college when I um reconnected with Alan. And the crazy thing, so we have the same dad, yeah, different moms. We knew about each other. Um in grade school, we had one conversation on the phone and just forgot about each other. I'm not even gonna say we forgot about each other, but it was just in the back of our heads type yeah. shit. Like life kept going. Yeah, life kept going on, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then it was my second year in college. I was literally this was right before uh winter break. I was working at the rec center at my university and I get a phone call from my aunt on my dad's side. Now, um, prior to this, I did not know anybody, Yeah, anybody from my dad's side. I didn't even know what my dad looked like. I only knew I had the same name as him. That was all I knew growing up. Um, and so I found his sister, my aunt, and she reached out to me and just kind of like flooded my social media. And she was just like, I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm so glad to see how you've grown up. All of this, I'm your dad's sister, yeah. and all this stuff. She had same you last did, name. You as didn't me. know her. I didn't know her. I didn't know any. I when I tell you, I knew my dad's side of the uh, family was a mystery to me my whole life. Yeah. Um, so when I finally found her 
through her, I found pretty much the rest of my dad's side of the family. All my other aunts, my cousins, um, my brothers and shit. So well, it's crazy. Like we started talking and she was like, once we got past the, I'm your aunt, you know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you. She was like, she then told me, she was like, you have a lot of siblings. I don't know if you know or not, but you have a lot of siblings. And I was like, well, in the back of my head, I knew I have two. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, you got a lot more than that. And so um, she was like, reach out to uh, Tanya, which is Alan's mom yeah. on Facebook. And I, I added her. And the craziest part, bro, I found my brother on Facebook that same day, but yeah. I didn't believe it was him. Yeah. Because like, how do you, like, it's so weird, like growing up, not knowing anything about your dad's side of the family. And then out of nowhere, just finding you everybody. got a brother. Yeah, you, know you got a brother. You got a sister. Whatever the whatever the case might be. Yeah, and it and for me, like I just didn't know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what does my brother look like? I know yeah. he's light skinned I know he's half Puerto Rican. Like, what? Yeah. Is, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> was but, he like open arms to like? Oh, this, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Because you know sometimes that should that could should be a little funky. You know, like you know you might know you your dad might have like a family or something yeah. or like a different. You know, you have a sibling out there, and they yeah. might not really as receptive to be like. Yeah, facts. You know, so our dad was um, equally a piece of shit to everybody. So okay. um, that made it a whole lot. There was no weird uh, animosity or any weird yeah. feelings. Like. It was just excitement. It was pure excitement to yeah. know that we had more That's family out dope, there. Um, so back to the story. Like that day, I ended up finding his mom. She had the same reaction my aunt had. She's flipping out. Oh, my God. I haven't seen you since you were a baby. All of this stuff. She said, literally, here, call. Here, call Alan. Here's his number. She sent me his number. I called him. And to this day, like, this was one of the most awkward conversations that I had. Calling, calling my brother for the first time and uh, telling him that it was me. Because yeah. it was like. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I called him and I was like, yo, I don't know if you remember me or not, but this is your blood brother, Chris. And then he was like, oh, what's up, dude? Like, just <laughs> simple. And, you know, He's like, like oh, what's, what's up? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, shit, I go to school and college. I just talked to your mom. I'm in Chicago. Yeah. I live on the north side. And yeah. he was like, on the north side? No way. We just moved to the to the north side of Chicago. Yeah. What's your address? And then, well, um, he had sent me his address and I put it in the GPS and it was six minutes away. God then, damn. So we're like, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, I get off of work in like 30 minutes. Let's link up and shit. Yeah. And he was actually in the suburbs at the time. So I took the blue line out to Rosemont. He picked me up from the train. And that was the first time that we ever like seen Connected each other. Connected and shit. We were sitting in the car. You know, just, I'll never forget that Was moment. it weird? Was it like a weird, like, um, like you don't know what to say? Or is it just, Almost, or were you guys just like brothers? You guys just picked up like you guys have never like left. No, I say that it, it, it took a second. I'm not going to say like the first the first yeah. couple hours were awkward. It was just a lot to take in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm literally like, I got my own life. He has his own life. We just randomly collided into each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that, um, and then he had a lot going on too. Yeah. At the time he was shooting a video for D-Lo. Okay. He was dancing. Um, yeah, yeah. So we ended up going to the studio. That was my first impression. Yeah. I'm literally in the studio watching him dance with D-Lo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was crazy. Um, so but it was really cool. That's when I linked back up with the um, rest of the fam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to I got to meet my my nephew for the first time, um, my my brother's other little sister, and shit, my other brother. And Damn. we just you know we kicked it. You feel me? Went out to eat, um, just chilled. And then from that moment there to this point, like me and Alan have been inseparable. Like yeah. that first month being um, that we reconnected. This man was in my fucking apartment every day. We were drunk as fuck for a month straight, bro. But <laughs> and how we long just, ago was this? This was in 2015, like Damn. the start of 2015. Damn. So it hasn't even been that long that you guys have just Six like- Six years. Just, that's crazy, yeah. bro. And was he like, 
was he doing does is he a rapper what is he yeah doing? so he at the time he was um still with the future kings okay so he was just dancing um he was music he was a musician and then he had his uh his first kid at that time okay so he, he was, was doing going, he was going through that transition too then as a man he, just yeah kinda like, yeah it, it was kind of cra- like when i tell you like that timing was like insane because yeah. I've always, it's always only been me and my mom, my whole life. It's always just been me and her. I didn't know about any other family. You know what I'm saying? And so I started to have feelings of, you know, um, loneliness. You know what I'm saying? Being in college, being away from family, not knowing too many people. And then just randomly finding my brother. And then like that relationship just changed everything. Like if there was ever a moment that I felt like, man, I can't do this shit. I need to, you know what I'm saying? Like. I have my brother, you feel me? Yeah. Like, I could literally talk to him yeah. about anything. And, like, we could do that shit with each other. You know, he was a, a, a young father at the yeah. time. So, you know, he had me to be able to help him out. I'm only six minutes away. I could go babysit my yeah. nephew whenever he needed. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it's like, we 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 reconnected at the perfect time. That's, like, such a weird, like, story to hear because it's like, I grew up with my little brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got two older brothers and I got a whole bunch of siblings. So, it's like, to think, like, if for some reason we just didn't know we existed mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you guys just like meet up and then it's just kind of like you know you've been wanting a brother he's probably been wanting like a brother and mm-hmm. shit like that and then you finally just wake up one day and you have that yeah it was it was crazy was bro cool. like i tell you my life changed like it did a full 360 yeah. within months because i went from being a football college football player just i mean i never wanted to go to the league or anything that was never yeah. my goal i i literally used football to get into college right and so um and you have a funny story about how you got into college too, right? I mean, funny, yeah. I mean, it's just a it's I like a, it's, it's like an unorthodox way. It's to definitely get, yeah. unorthodox. It's definitely unorthodox because I my grades were shit. Anybody that knows me in high school, I didn't give a fuck until literally I I found out I could play college football. Then yeah. I was like, all right, I'll try. But um, <laughs> literally, I had what a two point two GPA and a fucking seventeen ACT score in high school, and I yeah. got into a prestige university. Yeah. You know what I'm saying with scholarships. How did you do that? Because I was talking my shit, literally. You just went in there. And so just... what what happened was they had a transitional program called Compass that yeah. literally helped um, students from high school who had lower G, uh, test scores and lower yeah. GPAs transition into college. So that was kind of one of the things that they presented to me. But it wasn't just a, they pick anybody type shit. You had to yeah. literally earn that. Yeah. Earn so that scholarship. How, how I did that is I literally sat down. I met with the president of the university while I was in high school. Bro, yeah. Literally with my mom. We sat yeah. there. And so I, this is why you're still going to Round Lake and you're going mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. From Round my, Lake yeah to where my mom's still there. Um, but yeah, I ended up just talking my shit, bro. And they saw that I was dedicated to changing. You know what I'm saying? They saw um, that I was, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to better myself. Yeah. And like, literally I spent a whole semester in the fucking library in high school. Yeah, like I, told, I didn't give a fuck about anything in high school, yeah. bro. But I those last semesters, I was yeah. in there studying for the ACT retake. I was in there in the library making sure I had the best GPA possible. You feel me? And I yeah. and I transitioned so much that they ended up helping me out with a scholar, financial scholarship on uh, my first year. That's dope as fuck, bro. Yeah, so. that's dope as fuck. And it's cool that like you went to college and you did that, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like. So did you go to college first and then you said, fuck it, I'm going to become a rapper? Is it like one of those things where it's like in college you were rapping? Um, So I never necessarily started off rapping until um, I met my brother, which is crazy. So like the second that we can, I went to school to study communications and marketing. So like the things that I was doing, I was already doing parties. I was never with a... Uh, any cultural club or yeah. any, anything on campus, but I always threw parties. Mm-hmm. And then I threw 
parties at bars and I started promoting. I got hired as a promoter. And then from there, I started making music and I could throw my own shows. Yeah. So that's kind of, it all just, everything had like a trickling effect to it. Kind of just right place, right time. Yeah. Um, you were just making the right moves and shit at that time. Yeah, facts. And I had everything that I needed business-wise, like to start off. Um, but being around my brother just unlocked the creativity in me. Yeah. Because I always knew I had it. Um, yeah. But I just never had that confidence. And seeing somebody that, literally was another version of me yeah doing, doing it yeah doing it it's like all right now i got the comp and it was never like i was around him and he was ever like no nah, no nah, that's not it you know you know what yeah. I'm saying? don't get me wrong he'll definitely be he'll on my tell ass you, about, yeah he'll tell you shit. if some shit was but it was never discouraging yeah. you know what i'm saying it was always like he was building doing, you up doing this instead yeah. of try this instead of that you know what i'm saying and it was vice versa even though yeah. i wasn't necessarily in the music industry yet i was just passionate about music so i would yeah. be at his studio sessions giving more giving more constructive criticism than the engineers and shit. And then it yeah. got to the point where it's like, just try making music. You know what I'm saying? And I was yeah. already, I, I would say I was already a, a very um, emotional type of person. So yeah. like that outlet for me to be able to express myself was all I needed. Yeah. Um, and you felt like music was that, absolutely. was that for you? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. That and, along with promoting too, because I'm just, I'm a people's person. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like I remember that. I, I do remember the, like you just being really like, outgoing and shit like that in high school like mm -hmm. you weren't really like I, I don't know if i necessarily say like you were like a quiet kid mm -hmm. because i remember i would talk to you yeah definitely. you know i wouldn't sit there and be like oh we were best friends and shit like that but like i know that we would talk to each other if we had the right. same class or like i know like some of your friends or some shit like that you know we would we would have in common and things like that so that's why like when i saw you that like well my first impression was like oh shit like chris is chris is a rapper mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's dope. And then I listened to your music and I was like, oh, he's a good rapper. <laughs> you know, like so it's that. like, you know, because you got like, you know, obviously like, and then this, this isn't like to like discourage anybody from like where we're from, but like the people who rap, you know, you can kind of tell like, okay, like they just do it as a side hobby. Mm -hmm. Some of them just do it to just do it. But like your energy and like your presence was just a little different. Mm -hmm. You, I would listen to your music and I'm like, okay, he's taking that shit serious. It sounds good. The videos look good. You know, like he's he's pushing it, he's pushing it, and he's not afraid to to tell you like, hey, listen to my music, listen to my music. Do you think that like that came from just you as a kid growing up, just being like very personable, being very like outgoing? Did you, did you consider yourself outgoing or no? Yeah, I I personally I felt like I had to be because yeah. me being an only child, I didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't um, have that support in that way. So like, yeah. if I was ever in trouble, I was the one taking it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to get a little bit more creative. And when it came to make, m making friends, like when you have brothers and shit growing up, it's like yeah. you can go somewhere and naturally have friends just because you're brother. You're with your brother. Yeah. But being an only child, it's like you have to go above and beyond and not be afraid to put yourself out there. And then you're friends. also not like you know what people. What at least what I've noticed is that kids who have siblings, like they're kind of like almost practicing to learn how to have friends mm -hmm. because you have that person who you're consistently like communicating with, communicating with, connecting with and building a bond with. And it kind of like already pre like pre plants that in your mind that like, okay, this is how you act towards people or like, you know, subconsciously, like you're already knowing how to like interact with people. Mm -hmm. So I assume that like kids who don't have that and usually like they struggle a little bit to make friends and shit. That's why usually it's like the lonely kids are like the, the only child, you know, the kids, they're like more secluded into themselves or like yeah. only childs. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I definitely have my moments, but yeah. I, like I was just, I was forced to. And then the fact that I came from a single parent household. Yeah. I had shout to, out to moms. Yeah, like, shout out to Mama Dukes, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. she did it all. You know, I, I give everything to her because yeah. she, she did it all. Yeah. But that environment, growing up in that environment, forced me to be like, have to think outside of the box. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I used this example in one of my other interviews. 
as a kid, um, I believe I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. We had this football camp at North Park, which is where I ended up going to school. Yeah. Um, they had this football camp that they took all the high schoolers to and kept them in the dorms for a week, put them in the fucking um, the, the dining halls and just gave them a college experience. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it cost $300 to go. And I did not have that bread. My mom did not have that at the time. So our old coach, he gave me a, a big dumbass bag of car stickers that said Panther Pride on it. Yeah. And I sold them bitches for $5 a pop and raised that $300 in a day. Damn. So you've, was, o- you've always had that, like, mm-hmm. that hustle. I never gave, bro. You've I, always driven and shit. Yeah. Like, if you really want, like, I feel like you get, that trait has to be developed as a kid. Mm-hmm. So you've always had that? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was the type of kid, bro, like, I was super active. In the yeah. summers, I was cutting grass. In the winters, I was shoveling snow. Like, yeah. I was never the type of kid to just be sitting around, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you just always, always wanted, you were doing something at all times. Yeah, facts. And, and that's dope as fuck. And that kind of just, you know, Led translated into, into, into adulthood and shit. Yeah. And then what, what like, where do you see your music going? Or like, what, what exactly, so let, hold on. What exactly, like, do you want to take the music, I guess? Um. So for me, I know that I use uh, music growing up as an emotional outlet yeah. because of the things that I had to go through and the resources that I didn't have. So music was always a way to connect and be able to heal because music is magic at the end yeah. of the day. For me, it's not about the money yeah. because the money will come. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's about the passion. It's about the art. It's about putting as much inspirational art as I can out before I'm gone. Yeah. And it's like I said, the money will come. I'm, I would rather be a struggling artist than a, a nine to five or any day of the week, yeah. any day of the week. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the fact that I can inspire people is literally like, yeah. that's what drives me. When I have people comment on my shit, message me, DM me and tell me like, man, I felt every word you said, or yeah. man, this song got me so hyped or yeah. man, this like anytime I bring emotion out of people, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and, and you know, and that's what I like about podcasting too, bro, because I feel like I, I do that too as well. Mm-hmm. Like I have people who reach out to me and be like, Hey, like you said this about that. And you know, I felt that shit. That's real shit. You know, because one, one of my things, what, what it really was, was just like, almost like, you know, just kind of like going about things in an unorthodox way, bro. Kind of just really doing things my way, mm-hmm. you know, because like we were talking about like that working that nine to five shit. There's nothing wrong if you want to work a nine to five. It's not for everybody. Yeah, though. facts. We, yeah, all, we all got to make a living. Yeah, but we it's all not gotta, for everybody. It's not for everybody. Saying? And I know that like me personally, I don't want to live in in this like thing where like like I was telling you, I have to ask somebody to spend time with my family yeah. for five days a year exactly. just so that I come back and have a job and then continue to be able to pay my bills. Facts. Like I don't know about you, bro, but that shit don't sit right to me. No, I don't even have kids, and they don't sit right with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely <laughs> like you know, it. like you you sit there and you, and you really get to thinking about shit. Like, like damn, like if you if if you as a kid, I did okay. So like for me, it wasn't really like that. My parents weren't supportive and shit like that because my parents, you know, my dad worked. My mom was like the regular Mexican mom, bro. Like she was just cooking, cleaning all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just, her job was to be a mom. Mm-hmm. My dad's job was to provide and put food on the table, but there was never really that like nurturing of like, of like the creativeness. You know, there was never really like, Hey, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like I got home yesterday from work, bro. And my daughter had a whole, her, our whole like little Island in our, uh, our cabinet Island in, mm-hmm. the, in the kitchen with like a drape and a bunch of little pieces of art that she was drawing. That's right. And we, and we like to like nurture and encourage that, bro, because that's her outlet. You know, you go to her room, she has like a little canvas, she has a piano, you know, she has all that shit, bro, that we didn't have when we were growing up because it wasn't traditionally not acceptable, but it wasn't, 
it wasn't embedded in them, mm-hmm. so they weren't really able to give you something that they didn't know. You know, Facts. they and were just taught like to yeah, work that, hard and, that's the and older do that generation. Shit. The yeah. older generation, they all have that mindset. You know what I'm saying? They just fucking break their back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, but they provide. You what was me? your what was your like mom's reaction when you told her like, hey, like I want I want to pursue being an artist full time and um, and do it? She like my mom's very supportive in whatever I do. Yeah, uh, I know for a fact that um, everything just kind of happened together. It happened so fast. Like, yeah, like when I tell you, I made a transition from being a college football player to being a a, a promoter and rapper within yeah. months. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was such a, a quick transition. That at first she didn't see the vision. I'm not gonna lie, she didn't see the vision. <laughs> she was like, "Why are you paying all this money to go to school and play football and do all of this if you want to be a rapper?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Then I left. It was crazy because I, I left the school that I was at. I decided to go to art school mm-hmm. for a summer, and that shit was just not it. Yeah. I just I learned firsthand that you cannot teach creativity. I just felt like I needed to be in the art atmosphere, but it wasn't for me because yeah. It wasn't authentic. I was in there around people who you were still stuck in that like yeah. in that uh, that machine exactly of what of what they're telling you what be like liberal arts of them telling you like what all being creative is exactly when being creative for somebody isn't necessarily like one two three mm-hmm. it's whatever you wanted to be yeah facts and it took me a, it took me a, a little time because I had the time frame where I was truly trying to find myself because like when I told you that shit happened so fast bro yeah. with me finding my family to then me leaving north park and going to art school and then you know what i'm saying then after i left art school i went to nebraska for a semester <laughs> and this is this is wild because so the summer or the the winter of 2015 that's when i found everybody yeah we had a year two semesters out to college me and my me and alan we went crazy we did a lot of shows you know we uh just went crazy you know yeah. then i went to art school for the semester i went for like two weeks and then what, what did it for me was when i was in a class with three other people and two of them were asleep the other dude was just not paying attention. Yeah. And then I'm like sitting here on a four hour class. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, I literally had that realization. And I'm yeah. just like, I returned all of that shit the next day. And I'm like, I dropped out of that class. And then I was like, fuck it. I was like, then I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I just left North Park. I just left art school. I don't want to go back to North Park because I left for a reason. Yeah. So what the fuck am I do? Then I decided, you know what? I'm going to move to Nebraska. So I moved to Nebraska. <laughs> Out of all places, <laughs> yeah. Nebraska. Well, it's, that's where my other siblings were. Okay. So I like when I tell is that you, where your brother Alan grew up? No, no, no. Alan is from Long Beach, California, but he oh, moved okay. here in like when he was like fourteen. Okay, okay, fourteen, okay. fifteen. But um, when it, um my other brother and sister, they're from Nebraska, born okay. and raised in Nebraska. So I went out there, and I went out there, literally like a week after I left that that uh, art school in the yeah. summer. And I moved out there. I was in Omaha for two months. And then I went to Lincoln, Nebraska for like four. Yeah. Um, and it was just a different atmosphere. Like we literally just came back from Nebraska this morning. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. To I know have, we were talking and shit. You were like, yeah, I'm in Nebraska doing a show. And I'm like, damn, I yeah. hope you can make it, bro. Cause... Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. We absolutely. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but yeah, that's also kind of where I got my start at because that the first phases of Jiggy Bars, like as I started in the Chicago, college yeah, kid. the college kid, the college you know what I'm kid. I was I was in Chicago at North Park. Then I went to art school. Then I went to Nebraska. When I was in Nebraska, I was pretty much doing the same shit. I was rapping. I was throwing parties, and I was playing football. Yeah. Then I quit after like three in weeks. Nebraska. Yeah, because okay. it was just it wasn't for me. Like college or semi pro? No, no, I was playing college football at okay, the okay, university, okay. but I just it was it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't for you. Yeah, so I just ended up shit really just partying the, the rest of that semester and and being um just doing rapping shit yeah. before i came back to chicago 
Do you feel like any of like that structure that you got from like being in an organized sport translated well to like just life in general? To yeah, absolutely. Especially in the business world, the teamwork, like the um, punctuality, discipline. Like was, yeah, discipline, yeah. teamwork. Um, that everybody doing their part because yeah. in football it's one eleven. You know what I'm saying? You're one of eleven on the on on that team. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If everybody does their part, then you'll get the job done. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if somebody's getting beat by their, you know what I'm saying, by yeah. their opponent, then that leaves loopholes and, and shit. Yeah. Um, so really, I definitely learned a lot from the football aspect. Yeah. Um, definitely, yeah, just being a team, working with the team. You know what I'm saying? Who were some of your early on, like, inspirations of, like in music? Who would you listen to? As a kid or? Um, as a kid and then just at today. Um, so as a kid, I was really exploring into a lot of music yeah. because I listened to a lot of the, the stuff that my mom listened to and she listened to a lot of R&B and yeah. gospel. So I was really on my R&B wave. Okay. I listened to, I think Confessions was my like favorite album. Ever, Usher? Bro. Yes. You know what's funny, bro? That's like the first album I ever bought. Yeah, it makes sense, bro. That and that's is- such a weird thing to fucking say. And it's funny that you say that because I remember when I first learned about like R&B and rap music, bro, mm-hmm. I was like eight. Yeah. And it was through my sister. And I think she had just, I don't know if she was away for the summer or some shit like that, but like she had just left all her like CDs and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was going through her CDs and I found like Confessions by Usher. And I remember just seeing that shit play all the fucking time on TV, all all right. on BT, on MTV. And it was just the same shit. And then after that, it transitioned into like Get Rich or Die Trying. Mm-hmm. And then from Get Rich or Die Trying, it's like, yeah. That's when I really so just got time, into like that time into period rap music, right bro. there was into really like what inspired me. No cap, because like you said, like, bro, like Get Rich or Die. Tr- I have both of those still at the crib. Both of those albums, bro. Bro, to this day, I can still rap some of the not yeah. rap. I can sing along to some of the songs on on Usher's Confessions. Both albums, brother. You know what I'm <laughs> I saying? swear to God, like that's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah, but those are those like growing up. Yeah. Um, and then like what I did was I studied albums. No cap, because yeah. like when I was younger, I didn't have like you know we didn't necessarily have a lot of shit you know what i'm saying yeah. i didn't have i never had video games yeah. you know what i'm saying we barely had cable right you feel me so but we did go to the library all the time yeah so you I, would open up the little little books and look at look at the writing credits and shit like that shit. i would listen to the music and just listen to them for a while you know yeah. like i would rent out these albums from the library yeah. and have them for, i used to do the same thing in like sixth grade bro. I, used yeah. to, I remember bro i used to like i would go back and re-rent the same out the wu-tang's greatest hits mm-hmm. Yeah, facts. For I, no reason, bro. Just because it's like at the, at whoever I was hanging around at that time, it was just a lot of Bone Thugs. It was a lot of Bootang. It was a lot yeah. of this. And then middle school came, and it was just like Gucci Man. Yeah, right. And it was Gucci, Gucci Man. Man, Lil Wayne. You feel Lil me? Wayne, Waka Flocka, right. all that, bro. And then it was all that until like Chief Keef. Mm-hmm. And then that's when like the drill music started, and that's where like I started listening to that. Yeah, facts. Well, yeah, that's why I feel like I get uh, a lot of my motivation from was the the r&b yeah the r&b and gospel side of things and then rapping like i've always been a writer yeah like that's what i went to school for i got myself accepted into school with scholarships from essays you know yeah. what i'm saying so i've always been a writer yeah so um like you know those are two two things they go put together yeah that really helped inspire the artist who, i am today and who are you listening to today today um to be honest bro is it like a lot of your music and shit like that? I mean, I listen to my music a lot, but I have so many dope ass artists in my network that yeah. I I never need to listen to any of the music that's Those, out now. Any of the mainstream you know stuff. The reason I do is just to keep up with what's going out. Yeah. Like what's hot right now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um I didn't really like start like experimenting in like music, bro. Until like I remember like in high school, it was a lot of like rap music and shit. And then you always had your little like 
shit that was on MTV or BET, mm-hmm. you know, like the pop punk shit. I didn't, I knew that I liked some of that stuff, you know, from like it just being hammered into you in the radio and shit yeah. like that. And then as like an adult, I kind of like started revisiting. I was like, man, this shit ain't really wasn't that half bad, you know? And then you start really going through it again. We're like, you start doing like, okay, like I, I guess I did like the fallout mm-hmm. boy. Right. I guess I did like some of that shit. Some I of that think another dope. thing that has like a big inspiration for me is because like when I was young, all of my mom's side in the family was in the in Chicago, you know. Yeah. Um, so we did a lot of driving back and forth, and when we would do that, it was always one hundred seven point five. It was yeah. always Power ninety two, and yeah. that's as a kid, bro. Yeah. So like me as an adult, I've been on Power ninety two several times. Like yeah. I've been on radio that's stations, fucking dope. you know. So like, but that was the inspiration. Like being eight nine years old, driving into the city, seeing the skyline, listening to Kanye and fucking uh, Common and R yeah. Kelly and all like that shit all was inspiration for me. You know what yeah, I'm saying? They were- um, the the city of Chicago was a huge inspiration. Yeah, bro, you Chicago. Know? I feel like is a very, the music is so diverse, bro. But the city is so segregated. It is, and it, I feel like people who if you and like I'm not from Chicago. Like I, I tell people that shit all the time because I feel like if you're sometimes people say that like you know you'll be from Waukegan or you'll be from mm-hmm. like Round Lake and people will be like oh I'm from Chicago because mm-hmm. you can't really explain to someone for five minutes hey I live like. 10 minutes north from, of six flags like you know yeah. like facts you know so people just say sh- chicago mm. but i really i i try i stopped doing that when i was like in my early 20s because i really wanted like to differentiate that and be like nah, i'm from brown lake i'm proud to be from Round lake yeah facts. you know but chicago is a direct influence so everything that's cool in Round lake is a direct reflection of what's cool in chicago that's so it's like and we weren't even that far because like i had family that lived in pilsen that lived in that lived in little village and oh, shit yeah. like that so like on random occasions would go out there and would see them would visit them so it's like it was never that far away facts every yeah. sunday my mom would like my mom and dad would take us to the to the swamp rama on montrose and ashland mm-hmm. so it's like we we were there like you know we kind of like me and my brother we like grew up like going into the city and you know buying clothes and then i would go to those swamp meets bro and i would see like all the little mixtapes and shit mm-hmm. like that, that they would have like on the tables facts all the bootleg shit yeah definitely shit. So, downtown all of that shit bro it's just inspiration like you're like i was just saying earlier like you're gonna only be i feel like personally for me i'm only going to be as inspired as the city that i'm living in you know yeah. what i'm saying for and that's why i can't personally be in round like i love round like to the death of yeah. me you know i was raised there you feel yeah. me but i know as an artist and what i do now it's just it's too slow for me and you know, know what i'm saying it in that like you know listening to like other rappers and shit like that bro like you start learning that they didn't really get like popping until they left their hometown mm-hmm. but you also there is that importance of like that hometown backing yeah. though no that's real cause because I, you got to get hot where you're from first before you before anybody else will give you a listen mm-hmm. the people if, if the people where you're from don't even feel like they can fuck with you nobody else is going to fuck with you facts you and know? that's why I always stay connected to around like even yeah. though I, I started my music journey yeah. in in Chicago like I come yeah. back and I sell out merchandise around like yeah. I still got people that listen to my music around yeah. like you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's and it's the same thing with me bro like doing this podcast shit for a few months now like everybody's like who a ninety percent of the people who listen to me are from Chicago or from Round Lake mm-hmm. so it's like I at least me personally bro I don't ever really try to like I I, I don't think I would ever like and I'm not saying that you're doing that but I'm saying like I would never want to alienate them mm-hmm. oh yeah so facts. it's like one of those things where it's like I have to like always rep them because in mm-hmm. the sense like. They get that pride, bro. Facts. Like whenever like they see you or like I know that that's how I felt when I saw you doing your thing and I I'm going and I'm saying oh like dude Chris is popping like he's doing mm. his shit like I had that like sense of like hometown pride like no Facts. bro is really from where I'm from so it's like if he could do it what's stopping me from being like wanting to chase my dreams bro 
Facts. And that's how I really, that's how all this shit really just came to, bro. Cause I really was just like, one day where I just woke up and I had enough of this shit. And I was like, I'm tired of living in that simulation. Man. And people, people would be looking at me like, you're like, what are you talking about a simulation? Like, you're literally bred to, bro, to like work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, retire at 65. And then they give you the, they give you a percentage of the money that you worked for. Right. And then, and then you die. Then, and then you die. <laughs> you know, fuck? like. What the fuck kind of life does that sound that's not, like? <laughs> that's not a life that you want to live, bro. Like, I see that, like, you know, the things that I want in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to, man, let's let's take the kids to Florida today. Let's go. Let's go take them to Disney. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. To be able let's to have go, time. You know, because my parents don't live in state, so I, I don't have the luxury of just driving down the street and seeing my mom and dad. So mm-hmm. it's like, I would love to just wake up or plan, like, hey, this weekend, Let's fly out to wherever my parents live and go see them. Yeah. You know, it. so it's like, it's one of those things. That, bro, where that's it's also just, important, though, because like we we know growing up that like parents, they either got one, they either got time or they got money. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's very just, rare. It's very rare that they have both. Yeah. And um, with that being said, so a lot of people get a lot of people grow up feeling neglected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know that I have family that was in better situations financially than I was growing up. But their parents were never there. Yeah. They pushed them off. They're like, you know, I gotta take go work. This. Yeah, I gotta work. I gotta take work. this. Me, on the other hand, it was the it was a little bit of the opposite. Had a lot more time. We didn't necessarily have the finances. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you guys made a way. You know what I'm Mom saying? I made that, a way, you yeah, know. Exactly. You know. And that's that kind of set me up for the life, you know, of living the starving artist yeah. lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and seeing my dad's like worth ethic broke, like you said, is is what like Made me say, fuck it, I could do this nine to five shit until this other shit pops. And I'm just, just going to stay consistent in both and, mm-hmm. you know, be able to still consistently live, you know, maintain the lifestyle of like my kids, mm-hmm. my wife, my mortgage and shit like that. And then still chase my dream. Facts. Because people think like, oh, you started doing this at like 25. You're old. Like, no, you're not. Like 25 compared to 100 is like you're barely just a quarter into into what your life can be and what, you li- what your life is. Real shit. So it's like. That's pretty much what it was for me, bro. I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm we gotta go get it." Man, I'm gotta telling you, it that, out. that's glad. I'm glad you had that realization. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because that shit, it does put a lot of mental stress on you. Yeah. Um, are you a believer in like? I know you are, but I'm I'm asking for like the the view the viewers and the listeners sake. Are you a, are you a believer in the manifestation of of your reality? Absolutely, absolutely. I manifested everything that I have today. You know what I'm saying? Literally from me being in college, just thinking about being a rapper. I'm like, man, like. Before I even found my sound, yeah. just me being who I was, I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just imagining the things that could happen and seeing the relationships that I already had, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm a firm believer in manifestation. So yeah. I, used to tell, I used to tell, like, every, I used to tell Belinda when we first got together, like, I'm, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be famous. Speak that shit. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know we're going to figure it out one day. And I don't know we'd be sitting in bed, bro. Like, and when we had first moved out, bro, in our brokest days, I'm talking about, like, mattress on the floor apartment in the hood and we just we going through it mm-hmm. but we, we we stuck it out together and i remember just saying this shit is gonna be temporary right it's just gonna be super temporary you know that's real shit this is this is just for now and i feel like i spoke that shit because at 23 we bought our first house you know? Know, you know like you know out. at 23 we, we we you know we we had our family we moved our family into a house we got out of round lake we went to like you know a, a more a, a little bit of a better neighborhood and shit like that mm-hmm better schools so it's like we did that together we did that because we kept talking about that shit every single day Facts. not even the days that i didn't want to talk about it she kept talking about it every single day 
That's, and that that's shit, beautiful that you And that gotta, shit was like, just, it manifested itself. And, and that's why, like, when I had told her, because I had, I remember we had talked about doing this shit maybe like a year ago. And I, I used to tell everybody, like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. We're going to do this shit. And, you know, one day you're going to see me interviewing the some of the best rappers out there and shit like that. And and I did it. Right. I just said, I said, fuck it. I'm going to just do it. And I did it. And it's like when me and you got into contact, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just shoot shoot the shoot, shoot it out there and see if it stick. And then when you when you agreed, it was like, fuck it. Hell yeah. Like, let's do it. Facts. So, yeah, man. That's shit. That's dope as fuck, bro. Yeah. Like, um, I'm definitely proud as fuck of you. You know what I'm thank saying? Thank you. Thank um, you. That's a beautiful story. I love to hear it. You know, um, both of y'all, man. That's amazing. That story. You <laughs> Thank know what you. I'm saying? Um, the fact that you guys manifested yeah. this shit, yeah. you guys did it together. And, we, and we're and we still doing it because, man, this shit, it's not even written yet. Yeah. This it's shit ain't even, it, it, for you, it ain't even written yet. Facts. So let's get back more back into you because we're, we're just talking about me. Um, how did you hook up with Canvas? So for people who don't know, this setup, this podcast mm-hmm. is being filmed at Canvas. Mm-hmm. you know yeah so um uh back to the college story right. so back when i was in college still and uh, me and alan were doing different showcases yeah. and just going crazy he always had the mindset he always had the idea of canvas before it was called canvas i mean back then he used to call it crew but yeah. it was always in his head a, a collective of artists that are coming together like interdependent businesses that was always the mindset for it and we always been surrounded by so many dope creatives from videographers like um you know i'm saying we've had a lot of people come and go you know and that's just a part of the process you know because people will seem like they're you know really about it and and once they get tested you know i'm saying it's like it shows their true character yeah type shit so we've had a lot of trial and error like the, the canvas that you're seeing now was not the canvas that you know what i'm saying it wasn't in the off. beginning like we I mean, we've always had structure we've always had talent we've all, we started off hot you feel me but we had to go through a lot of trial and error a lot to get to yeah. where we are so in college i believe it was 2018 the year that canvas got established yeah um and so we were at the time we were just a multimedia company this was before the space. This was way before all this. Yeah. We were in my brother's apartment at the time and my ex-girlfriend's attic. You feel me? Yeah. Um, so we were having our weekly meetings. We were still doing a lot of different shows. We were um, performing and recording and capturing footage for a lot of different companies and organizations yeah. still in, in 2018, like Soul City Church. You know, um, it's really one of the biggest churches in Chicago. Um we did a lot of stuff for universities. We had three university performances, Northwestern, Northeastern, and North Park University. Yeah. North Park University, where I went to school and graduated from, we threw our first ever Canvas house party, which had over 250 people there. And so that was literally Canvas artists performing, Damn. my brother hosting, and us promoting. And we literally yeah. were on the campus, sitting in the dining halls, passing out. We yeah. still do this shit to this day, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Hand out flyers. And uh, talk to people at colleges, you know what I'm saying? And so from there, that's kind of how we got our first event. And that the first ever Canvas House Party that we did had over 250 people there. Damn. So, and you know what I'm saying? Like we, and that's just off a of word of mouth. Exactly. So we started off hot, you know, we got the, we built the Instagram. I mean, you can even look back, yeah. scroll down 400 posts and see the first Canvas yeah. post. And you'll see we're at North Park, you feel me? Yeah. Um, promoting and shit. So like, you know what I'm saying? From there, um, we kind of just kept going and we mm-hmm. we just got the right collaborations to help 
keep us elevating. Yeah. You know, um, relationships. Relationship. We're huge on relationships. And that's so the thing we, that people don't know. Like a, a lot of like the creative space and shit like that. Just people who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeping a good positive relationship and just being a good person because yeah. that shit could take you a lot farther than having money. Exactly. It could take you so much farther than having money, bro. Just being a good person. Yeah. If people like you, bro. Yeah. You'll go a lot farther. You know, one than thing than I like about that, one thing I like about that story is that. You guys treated it like a business, even when it was at your brother's house. Yeah, Real and shit. that shit, like that in itself, is is cool as fuck to hear because it's like you guys always, you guys always took it serious. Mm-hmm. That's the part of like where you guys already like you guys were having. I'm sure you guys have mood mood uh, boards and shit like that. All yeah. types of all types of shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we always had the the right idea from the beginning, yeah. and you know, um, it was just about bringing in you know unifying the the company yeah. and bringing in the right pieces yeah the so, right creatives and shit yeah, like that the people yeah. who and that's why i said vision. like we've had a lot of trial and error bro like yeah. a lot you know and we wouldn't be as strong as we are today if we didn't have all that trial and error so now we know what to expect when yeah. you know what i'm saying um shit happens you kind of yeah. get like a feel of people before you even yeah definitely say yeah but that was um you know that was kind of how we got to start and then going into like the end of 2018 2019 that's when i graduated from north park it was Literally, like, a week before, we had a collaboration event with this label, YMG. Yeah. And it was, uh, we called it The Collective. It was Canvas and YMG. And, like, bro, we literally bought the city. It was crazy. It was the first event that we had did together. We rented out a big-ass warehouse downtown. And, like, we had, like, a whole bunch of people popping out, yeah. like, radio blogs. Yeah. We had King Louie in the building. That's what's Sasha up. Go Hard. Yeah, yeah, All the Canvas, like, the, the starting Canvas crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then from there... That's how I ended up getting my management situation with YMG was from that connection. And then so at that time, I was kind of doing a little bit of both. You feel me? Doing whatever I would do at Canvas and then focusing on my own career. Mm -hmm. And then for like, I would say probably like a two and a half year stretch, I just went nuts. Just I was just uh, purely focused on my music, dropping songs, dropping visuals, doing shows, all that stuff. And I was just completely focused on jiggy bars you know yeah. what i'm saying and then just kind of how times um just how everything mapped out i ended up being back um just to be able to to help strengthen the community at canvas because yeah. like the things that i do now um like i said everything has a trickling effect i'm i'm able to bring more clientele you know what i'm yeah. saying and also be able to help my career as well yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm able to book us more shows bring the studio money and help my career as well yeah you know what i'm saying i'm able to bridge the gap between artists and videographers and artists and dancers or whatever yeah. it may be you feel me but at the same time i'm still working on my personal brand you know what i'm saying yeah. which was you're still networking and just meeting people yeah and- absolutely so i feel like there was like like i said there was like a two-year stretch where i wasn't necessarily with canvas and i was just doing my own thing yeah um and i needed that you feel me because i came back so much stronger like i had so much more value you yeah. know what i'm saying as when i was with that you canvas, can bring to the table yeah and kind yeah. of like establish your worth to what you can bring exactly because at, at first it was kind of like i mean i could do what i can do here and there but yeah. it was like i'm an artist i need attention for my brand you know right. what i'm saying so it's just it was too conflicting at first yeah but like i said with me taking that that two years to just fucking just go off you feel me and yeah. now i'm in such a better place that it's like you know i'm just able to help the company elevate now a whole lot better you know so right. um now that was you know a part of trial and error that's that, dope you know what I'm that's saying? dope so. as fuck and and that's just cool bro because it's like you know you you emphasize like just building relationships networking and then almost just like really put building building yourself up in a way where like you can then leverage that in your own 
mm-hmm. you know, in your own right. Like, oh, this is what I can bring to the table and this is what, you know, and then it then help you. Yeah, facts. Yeah. No, yeah. So that's what I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm on right now. Um, And it also helps to be able to, because I was doing a lot of events on my own. Yeah. And I like, like I said, I've had trial and error by myself. I've yeah. had trial and error with Canvas. But what are some of the, to, what are some of the trial and errors? Just um, event structure, you know, dealing with all of these different artists is so much different personalities you have yeah. to deal with. And sometimes you got to deal with entitlement. Sometimes, like literally, I've had artists literally tell me, um, you know, like, for example, I had one artist. I'm not going to throw his name out yeah. there because it ain't worth it. Yeah. But I had an artist who felt like um, I was pretty much um, like undermining him or just like pushing him to the side when we had a, a lineup that was stacked with artists. Right. Yeah. So he comes in super late, brings two people with him yeah, and says that he wants to perform right now. And it's like well, you weren't here the whole night. You weren't you're not even networking. What? Yeah. And you're having this energy towards like, why? Like, who? yeah. Like, who do you, I don't owe you anything. And that, like, yeah. when I do things for the community, it's always going to be somebody that wants to challenge it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or be like, you should be doing this. Or I, I deserve more, you know what I'm saying? I deserve yeah. more time. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, bro, you're, you're not looking at the bigger picture here. Yeah. Before I was coming back to Lake County and doing events, there was none. Yeah. And if there were, it were just promoters trying to make money off of artists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I given with me giving artists opportunity it's a lot more artists that are going to be a part of it but it's a lot more personalities you got to deal with yeah on top of working with venues um i've never necessarily had any issue working with venues but um it's it's something that you are going to have to take from and learn something from every event yeah you know what i'm saying whether it's financially or it's uh show structure wise is you got to take something from every single show like this last even my birthday show i had over 300 people there yeah but there are still things that I learned from that show yeah. moving forward. You know, I got my first headlining show on the 30th. Um, and we're about to pack that place. You feel me? Plug it. Where are you going? It's at, it at? it's at the Wild Hair on the north side on, okay. in Lincoln Park. Okay. Um, off of Halstead. It's a, a Jamaican and reggae spot. Man, congratulations. The, thank you, bro. It's, like, it's super dope. Um, it's with this concert curation company called Rebel Nation. Okay. I linked up with them through another showcase that I did. Again, yeah. just networking. Networking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nate, he knows already. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty evident when you have a conversation with somebody and they're speaking the right language. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, I've had a lot of trial and error. So, when I talk to promoters, I don't waste no time. Yeah, you get you know straight and to so, the business. Yeah. and so they, that's all they want to hear, too. Exactly. They want. They just want to know what, you know, I'm sure some of them just want to know what their bottom dollar is and what... And what what they need to bring exactly. to the table, and yeah. then you know, likewise with you, you got certain shit that you need to figure out. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then you know, with all of this trial and error, and then having success, man, I've I've really learned my worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I I can say 100. percent These last couple of years, I've done a handful of shows that I had no fucking business doing, but <laughs> because I'm so passionate about yeah. it, like I'm it's always going to try to see like, the good yeah. in things. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm getting to a point where it's like. I don't have to do any more free shows. I don't have to give any more free slots out. Like I've yeah. built the resume. People see yeah. if people are reaching out to me consistently to get on showcases, it's because they see what's happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's good, man. Talk your shit. Yeah, you talk your shit, bro. Because you give, you know, that's how you're building your value, bro. By you telling motherfuckers what you bring to the table, mm-hmm. who you are. You know, you walk into the room, you know who you are. You're secure as, as an artist, as a man, and and people are intimidated about that. Real shit, man. You get into a room. Where somebody is not as secure as you are, mm-hmm. and you, the whole energy will shift, and that's probably yeah. what happened with that one artist, bro. That he probably just wasn't secure with himself as yeah, a man, that, and yeah, that's exactly a woman. What I don't know you said artist, yeah. and they were probably just intimidated that like 
they weren't being babied or they weren't being like their hand wasn't being held the yeah. whole way through. They wanted to be on a, on a pedestal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it, it, it gets like that, bro, because like, you know, I'll have conversations with like people who are like local rappers as well. And I'll shoot them. Hey, bro, like I'd love to have you on the pod. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, trying to like build with them a little bit. And some will leave me on red. Some will just give me the run around, you know, and shit like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool. I understand. Like, you 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 build yourself up you know and you feel you like you're at, at x y and z that shit just motivates me mm-hmm. yeah. now i gotta work harder yeah now yeah. i gotta get i gotta get the jiggy bars in here and i gotta set the, I, I gotta set my standard Thanks. now i'm setting my standard and then no, this isn't just for anybody you know yeah this is for the people who want to be here who want to come here have a conversation and and open up yeah exactly and and have a transparent conversation at that because and then I get scared too, bro. Like wanting to do rappers and shit because I love music, bro. I've always wanted to like have some type of like influence or like you know niche in music. Mm-hmm. But you get to see like there's bro, there's rappers, there's artists, bro. They don't talk. <laughs> Absolutely, because nowadays, like, um, with I feel like with the whole wave of artists that got put on, yeah. like like the Chief Keefs and the you know yeah. what I'm saying, like people see that where overnight he, success, yeah, shit. where he like just how old are you, three hundred. 300 and then they want to do that shit to you but it's yeah. like bro when chief keep did that shit chief keep literally was like fucking drake mm-hmm. at that time when he was doing that shit it's yeah. like Facts. you know you got all eyes on him type shit yeah but yeah no um 100 like uh people look at music a lot of people look at music like it's just a, a, a getaway like or it's like a get rich quick scheme like it's that, not like people put years i know people personally that put in over 20 30 years into this music industry you and it's still just and are still grinding just, it out every yeah. day. You feel me? So it's, it's and those are the people that who who I look at and like I respect, bro. Because it's like, you know, you never gave up on your dream. Facts. You know, mm-hmm. the, your spirit is stronger than what 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 these people are telling you. Real shit, because you're gonna you know? get a lot of that, and you're consistently getting better. So as long as you see that improvement and you see that you're getting better with the craft that you're doing, you're on the right path. Facts. That's that's how you know you're on the right path. You're getting better. You know your your audience is growing. You know, shit like that, like consistently. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know you're on the right path. That's how you know you're not supposed to give up. And this might be what's meant for you. Real shit. And sometimes it's not for everybody. I, you don't know if it's for you or not until you fucking try, but people are too scared to try. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, real shit. It's just about, you know, putting yourself out there, man. And shit, honestly, just. What is your. Do you have any advice for like someone who hasn't necessarily, even, not necessarily even music, but just someone who wants to be a creative and wants to create content for a living but it's just that has it um i would say that um some advice i would give is just that that know that you are walking business it's like every like work life works as a business you feel yeah. from the from the moment that you're born in the hospital to the moment that you're you die and you get buried into a, a it's a, a business it's everything is a business you're, everything is you're paying a hospital bring you into the earth you to uh bring you into to the world and you're paying mm-hmm. someone to bring you out of put you down back into the world exactly so with that being said you as a walking human like you are you know what i'm saying you are yeah. a product and you have to learn how to how to market yourself and yeah. and it's not going to be able to, you're not going to learn this in one day yeah you know what i'm saying so Whatever it is that you're passionate about, man, just hone in on your craft. If you're an artist, if you're a musician, practice, man. Get yeah. do writing. Take a lot of time to write. Take a lot of time to practice. If you're a photographer, practice. If you're a yeah. videographer, you know what I'm saying? Like be out there shooting shit. Don't yeah. be don't be prideful. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the beginning. Yeah. And you don't have 
any room to be prideful and until you've been doing this shit 10 years yeah if you if put you, your ten thousand hours in. yeah if you haven't put your tenth hour ten thousand hours in you have no reason to be prideful yeah you know what i'm saying so take every opportunity to grow bro i agree take every opportunity to expand and and learning is like just shut the fuck up and listen sometimes yeah. you know what i'm saying build like, relationships sometimes build relationships. build relationships shake everybody's hand when you you should walk into a room and then any anytime you get an opportunity to network, you should walk into a room like every person in this room has something for me. Yeah, it's about bringing it out. Yeah, and I have a way to uh, bring benefit, that out. You know what I'm saying? Out of people, and I have a way to um to to benefit from uh, or people have a way to benefit off of me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just a about having that conversation and bringing it out. Yeah. So that's how that's how I always think whenever I'm in spaces. Even like for example, I was I would. My brother was performing last night, you know what I'm saying? And I just was networking my ass off. You feel me? Yeah. Walking around, meeting new motherfuckers, you feel me? Yeah. Meeting other artists, talking my shit. You know, and that's the type of mentality that you have to have, whatever you're doing. You just like I said, you can't be prideful. You gotta be hungry. Like it's a like it's a job. This is not a, a hobby, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Whatever it is. You gotta treat you it with do. just with just as much as importance as something that you that is your nine to five. Yeah. If you want this to essentially become that. This shit is way harder than a nine to five, but it's it's way more worth it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The return investment. The return investment. The yeah, return absolutely. of the investment is definitely greater. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And Man, it's, it's just... It's, it's, it's crazy how... Um, at least for me, this shit's come full circle. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it's with having you here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it's so weird, bro. Because it's like... And maybe a year ago, I, I would never have thought about like reaching out to you and doing mm-hmm. this and, and, and having this and shit like that. And... And that's why I did it because it's like the relationships, you know, mm-hmm. I treat it as one of those things where it's like, you know, I want you to know, hey, I'm doing this, bro. So like if you know anyone who wants to sit down, tell them I do this shit and we we can do it. Yeah, so it's facts. like building relationships, really just being able to be like, hey, like, you know, I'm I'm such and such. And, you know, making yourself and not necessarily like, a well, yeah, available, mm-hmm. you know, being able to, to maneuver a room, being able to really stand somewhere and be like, hey, I'm like me, I'm David the Capo. I, I do the We Are One podcast. You know, the podcast we we talk about music, whatever, social society, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I bring to the table. And then later on you can use that to leverage that and to get you into rooms that Fact. doors might not have been open. Yep. You know, because there has been people who who have like shut doors before they've even opened on them because like you said, they hold their they they haven't put in the ten thousand hours, but now they walk around with some type of like entitlement, some type of like you know I I'm worth more than whatever it is. But no, you're not building the right relationships. You're not even allowing yourself in into the into the room. Mm-hmm. So how are how how are you gonna walk around with such a um, bravado of, of you and and you know walk around with such attitude when you can't even mm-hmm. you know hold a conversation? You can't walk up to somebody, introduce yourself, look them in the eyes, and be like, hey, I'm such and such. And this is what I bring. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, if you're putting in the work, you don't even have to do that because it'll nice. come back yeah, right back yeah, to you. you. Know what I'm saying if you're doing your part, people are gonna, you know, what I'm saying gravitate towards you. Yeah. Real shit. Yeah. But you, yeah, you definitely always have to. You always have to know how to work a room. Yeah. And if you if you can't, then there ain't no entitlement. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You There's no be, reason for you to, to to be walking around like your shit don't stink. Exactly. Yeah. So who is the dream collab? Oh. It could be anybody. It could be a rapper. It could be a singer. Give me what? anything. What is the dream collab for you? Um. Okay. So on the videographer side, uh, Cole Bennett, Lyrical Lemonade. Yeah, Lyrical Shout Lemonade. Shout out to them, bro. 
yeah, shout out Lyrical Lemonade for sure. Um, and he had just ran into, I don't mean to cut you off, but he had just run into an issue with, um, was it Rich the Kid? Yeah. Where I reached out to him for a video and Cole Bennett denied it mm-hmm. or he didn't want to do it or whatever. Yeah. And he has all right to do that because yeah. he put the 10,000 hours in. Over 10, over 10,000, you know, hours yeah. in. And then he created himself, he established himself as a brand. Yeah. As someone who he can now be conscious of who he does and doesn't want to work with. Facts. And I don't, I didn't necessarily look too much into that story, but I heard Rich the Kid's response and I wasn't too fond of it because it's like Cole Bennett takes his time to yeah. put on people in the culture. You know what I'm they, saying? Like, you feel me? He yeah. takes he takes chances on artists, you know what I'm saying? He who have, who don't have a buzz. YNW and Melly, all those guys. He's broken more artists than any fucking radio station like like yeah so to say that he doesn't support the culture is like it's natural is completely i i completely I, I agree with you bro because I, I think it was just him being salty yeah he was hurt you know hurt. and it's like it's it's an ego thing bro yeah. his ego was shot and he was like what well, was we'll, oh well is is because he's white and he does this and he does that and he's a culture vulture he could have kept that some, he could have kept that comment to himself he could have because if there's anybody at least in my opinion and i okay like i know that i'm a guest in hip-hop bro mm-hmm. You don't got to tell me that. I know that like when when we come into these rooms, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, you know, it's a predominantly black uh, industry. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. And it's like Cole Bennett respects that by giving back, by showing by showing that that uh, that that good faith in people and shit like that. Being able to put people on and just, you know, just even just that, but just being really of the culture. Facts. And whatever that means to people, because I know that people throw that shit out there all the time. Like, are you for the culture? Some mm-hmm. of the people that are in the culture aren't for the culture. Facts, bro. It's, Some of the biggest culture vultures in in the culture are black, are Mexican, are of like the same people who they say they're trying to defend. Well, we're gonna end up getting into a whole other <laughs> conversation talking about this, and we can't go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, but like, I just, I just peeped though. Like, it is a lot of propaganda in the music industry, and gatekeeping. Like, and, yeah, and and people Hate don't shit, people don't realize that, and that's why it's like I keep my separation. You know, from a lot of shit. Yeah. And like I had an I had an opportunity for a, a fucking single distribution deal. Yeah. And I did I turned that shit down because I did not fuck with the vibes. And it yeah. was in Atlanta. I you know what I'm saying? Like me personally, I like I said, I know my worth as an artist. Yeah. So for me to sit here and and and, and sign a, a single deal with, with the with the company, like I gotta have a hundred percent faith in what you guys are doing i have to feel the energy reciprocated because you know what you're bringing to the table exactly what i bring into the table here is way more valuable than you know what i'm saying what i could bring to the table in atlanta with people i barely know yeah but at the end of the day i did have that sit down a and r experience and yeah it was exactly what i needed is it exactly what everybody says it is like it, you walk into the room and it's just vultures Vultures, um, not necessarily, not necessarily, because it because it, it it almost becomes like one of those things where it's like people are scared of the industry, bro. Mm-hmm. People get scared to go commercial and shit like that because they're afraid of being put in that machine where it's like watered down. Yeah, facts. No, um, my personal experience with this label is not. It wasn't anything to do with like culture vulture shit because it was you know black based label yeah. you feel me, but it was just the simple fact of the type of content that they put out. The type of artists that they work out or they work with, it just doesn't fit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The it's situation like, wasn't right for yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's like you go on to play on a football team or a basketball team and like you're complete you, you just don't fit with the team, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um the role that you necessarily want to play is already taken by somebody else. Yeah. And it's not really one of the and you 
You know, if we're gonna use sports, you're not coming off the bench. Yeah, exactly. Not, you know that what you bring to the table. You know that you go, you're gonna get all, you're gonna go, you're gonna score your thirty every time. Facts. I also had another artist that I've worked with a lot personally, yeah. and he had the same opportunity. He went down there and they did him dirty. And same label. Same label. Everything. You know what I'm saying? And he took it a step further and actually went through with the deal. And and um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he just showed like did that. Did you know that going into the situation, or did you find out after the fact? I found out like a day before I went to meet with him. Okay. So that influenced that, it. So that right there, I went into it with a different mindset as as opposed to just being like, oh shit, I'm in here with the fucking label. Yeah. I get to meet with the NR. I'm like, I was matching energy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because. Um, that was my first A and R experience, and I kind of figured that's how it was going to be. Like, there, it, no, no fluff, straight to it. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of emotion, just yeah. straight to it. And I was fine with that. You know, I was clear headed. I didn't smoke. I worked out that morning. I was, you know, I was like, I, I was on ten. You feel me? So I, I was, I was ready. And everything that he threw at me, I threw right back to him. So it wasn't like a like any, somebody that was, um, like not passionate about what they're doing. They would have just signed they would, it. They would have just folded. No, I'm saying like that interview. Oh. Like not even. So it was like an interview process as well? It was it was a um, consultation. Okay. So. How do these things work? Like I'm not a rapper. Mm -hmm. I'm not really necessarily in the music industry. So how do you go about getting into these rooms? So this one <coughs> came through. Uh, Excuse me. Through social media. So they had um, the specific label they were you know with it being for first quarter at the time they were yeah. looking for new artists so they had submissions yeah and i submitted um the label hit me back the next day and was like on uh, one of the booking managers from the actual page right. messaged me and told me to reach out to him and shit uh, he was just like i listen to your music um i like what i hear let's set up a consultation a free consultation i'm like shit let's do it you yeah know, let's pick a date we picked a date february flew out there um like I said, I had that conversation with my boy like the day before I flew out there. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like I had that embedded in my head. So when I talked to him. Um, but that also could have been like his situation. Yeah, it doesn't he's a completely yeah, different artist yeah, from yeah, me exactly. too. So, so that he, he's that, more that of like an old school hip hop boom yeah. bap type shit. So I could, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't completely like, oh, I'm not like, like fuck these people yeah. 100%. I was just like, that I got my eyes open type right. shit. So. When I met with them, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of what I expected. You know, I didn't expect no nobody to just be overly gassing me up or to for anybody to tell me my shit was weak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, that was kind of what I expected because I know I put in the work. I, everything is there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I got the track record. To They're reaching this. out for a reason. Yeah. You they know wanted you in that room for a reason. And so, but everything that he told me gave me confirmation. And it was like, he kept saying, I see it. Like, as he's watching my music video, he's like, I see it. I see it. He didn't say much, but he said, say I see yeah, they okay. are. And what, what he meant by that is I see your lane. I see your vision. I see your demographic. Yeah. And he said, what we have that we can offer you is our services. And so he said, let's work for a single. We'll, we'll, we'll put you through our distribution. We'll record you in our studio. We'll have our uh, videographers shoot your yeah. video and our photographers do promo for you. And and I, something I just thought about, you know what I'm saying? Took it back with me. Talked to my manager. Talked to some, talked to some people about it. And just stayed, you know what I'm saying? I just stayed paying attention to, yeah. and also to like their social media, the things that they post, the artists that they post. And it's just like, and this shit is overly fabricated. You know what I'm saying? How, it's how like, important is that to you? It's extremely important. Like I would never sign to a label. I'm not like, if anybody thinks I'm signed to a label now, it's not, I'm not signed to a label. I have a management contract. Which I've, is two completely different, completely things. different things. And I've been managed for three years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, 
the um so that's that's my situation so i was never going out anywhere looking for a, a label to sign yeah. to i was you know looking for the collaboration ideally a single distribution would have been cool yeah. if it was more fitting yeah. but it was there was not I, bro like those rappers those artists like i couldn't even make music with them because i would just feel fake you know what i'm saying yeah. like I'm not sitting there. I'm not in the trap. I'm not sitting here rapping about that dumbass shit. Like, and yeah. and there and at that, like, I wasn't even a fan of any of the music that they had. So it's just like, where do I see myself fitting in? I have a whole community in Chicago. Yeah. Why would I leave Chicago to go out there to you know what I'm saying to collab with well, you the label? Be doing the same thing over here. Exactly. And, and, and then and they, there'd actually be people who you fuck with and people whose music you actually like. And it showed that they don't have a lot of concern for the artists because like, well, my homie was telling me it was like he had went through with the with the distribution and. He was past phase one and he was talking to the lady and they had no idea he even got past phase one or phase one and shit. And it's like, what does that mean for him? So it like phase one, it's like, so they'll do it in like different, um, different phases. So like the first phase would be like the photo shoot, the okay. studio time. Then the second phase would be like the music video and the fucking, um, marketing or whatever, you know, it's, it's just broken down into phases okay. type shit. So he, he went through the first one, was on going on to the second one, and they had no idea that he even made it past the first one. So it's like that right there. They take in so many artists for consultations that it was. I seen that it wasn't it wasn't a fitting situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I need I need something like catered to my career. If not, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what because saying? it's benefiting you more to just do what you do. Yeah. Because do you feel like you're doing for yourself what what that label could have done for you already? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I don't even believe like the only thing I could possibly like kind of believe that he was saying was maybe their engineers might make me sound a little different, yeah. more industry, yeah. um, just because they're, I, I guess they're more up to date on yeah. like what's the trending sound inside yeah. of the industry. But I go to top tier recording in Chicago, like the, the top engineers in Chicago. Yeah. So really that's kind of invalid, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So you're not really, so you turning that down really didn't even make a difference to you. No. Yeah, and then and then plus like, like I said, it wasn't you. There wasn't enough back and forth. You know, yeah. there wasn't enough reciprocation. I'm not gonna pour it into anything that's not pouring back. Right. Okay. So that's that's kind of where that situation went. Are you? Do you ever see yourself signing with a label? Yeah. Um. It kind of just depends. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as I can be authentic to who I am, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't mind. I would not like sign for. A certain amount of time i would sign for a project okay you know what i'm saying like i would do a single deal or album deal that, then, those are really the only things keep I'm, pushing yep do my thing with that label and if it if it goes really well and they want to try it again then yeah. cool are 360 deals still a thing yeah 360 deals are still yeah. a thing. and that's yeah. something that you're not no sir no. no explain to people what a 360 deal is well a 360 well okay so first of all like you got there's different type of deals you got a, a record deal um a 360 deal and a 360 or oh, well i start with like with the record deal they can sign you for a certain amount of money and yeah. which is pretty much like an advance yeah and you would have to pay that back through through your um you know your music streams yeah. your your video sales, all, all of that, that shit sometimes youtube money mm -hmm. and then a three oh shit a 360 yeah. deal is pretty much like for like a year or whatever the time frame is and they'll like but they're getting everything, aren't they? They get everything. They get merch. They pour everything and they get everything. They get merch, touring, all, all that, of that. Yeah. All so hundred percent because Why do you think I can be I can be hundred percent off of a label keeping the residual from the streaming because yeah. rightfully so. If you're distributing it to the point where it's making that much, take that shit. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. 
I'm gonna be rich off of my brand. You know what I'm saying? If I could sell merchandise and get my show money, that's all I want. Yeah. Why do you think people are so thirsty to sign a 360 deal or artists? Because because of the circumstances, they don't understand how important ownership is, and they feel like if they can get their shit out right now, then that's all that matters. How did you? How did you learn how important it was? Did you learn that through trial and error as well, or is that something that? you studied going into like before a little bit of both a little bit of both um and that's why i said like this the situation that i was in i was never signed to a label so it wasn't like right off bat oh that was the first thing i did no i was getting coached up on what to be doing on how to what the register yeah how to register your tracks how to you know i'm saying how to do all of this music business shit yeah on my own you know i'm saying so i don't need a label type shit that's the purpose of of management in the first place you feel me so um i was lucky enough or blessed enough to be able to to have management and also have industry you know industry professionals literally in my family so it's like yeah. you know that's dope that's dope yeah but yeah that that 360 shit no that's that shit's dead it's, it's dead i'm not gonna lie you'll be much better off going trying to get a, a single distribution or a, or um an album like i got a homie that was signed to sony for an album yeah and he used a tour to recoup all that bread but i mean he's also he also makes money outside of music yeah. that he uses for music and shit yeah. so it's it's so many different variables so like all, you his just gotta, ve- all his ventures are just pouring back into his music mm-hmm. and then he's using that to, yeah so he's using using that shit to pay the label back when he yeah. gets all the money from the tour type and shit. then he's still yeah. making money and still being able to pay yeah. off the label yeah so essentially a deal is almost like a loan yeah it's just this, a, it's, this, it's just like they give you an advance you pay it back. Mm-hmm. Is it is the interest on that shit, or is it just like, it, what, or just really it'll depend on, say, the, it, it on the situation? It depends on yeah. It depends on the situation. All the terms yeah. will be you know written out. It 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 all just depends on like, like I said, the type of deal that you sign, what they're the label is looking for. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and it's just important to make sure that you're up to date on your terminology. And I would you know never do this shit by yourself. You feel me? Always have somebody else looking over shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Whether it be somebody that went to school for this shit or whoever you just or just somebody else to get a second opinion yeah yeah um so i'm not, I'm really not too interested in deals bro like yeah. i i literally got everything i need it's just yeah. it's gonna take a little bit longer but right. i'm having fun doing it so at the okay. same time it's it's the it's the long road but it's honestly it's it's what's fun yeah facts yeah as long as you're having fun with it you you're you're seeing the progression man don't fucking matter yeah and it's like i'm i'm doing this shit through the community, you know what I'm saying? And building yeah. up the community. So it's not like I'm just sit- literally sitting here on social media all day. Like, yeah. So it's, you know what I'm saying? That I, it's the factor of being able to really sell tickets, like hard ticket sales. That's the hard ticket sell metric. And the music industry is one of the most important metrics because you can have fucking a, a hundred thousand followers get fucking thousands of views <laughs> Bro, on every so single, brought that up. Yeah. every single fucking post. And then you got motherfuckers from all over the world commenting on your shit, but when you it's like, not translating into it's tickets, not translating, it's not translating into. I know people like, personally that have damn near almost a million followers that can't pack out a venue. Bro, Me, I it, it's so funny that you fucking say that shit because that shit that shit bleeds into like MySpace mm-hmm. because I'll see quote unquote bigger podcasters, bigger podcasts and shit like that, way more followers than me, but their impact isn't as great as me yeah in the sense of like where like i see that like the interactions on social media you have x y and z followers and i have less than 300 
but I'm getting the same amount of likes. I'm getting the same amount of interactions. I'm getting the same amount of more downloads Mm -hmm. and shit like that. And it's really based off, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have 500 people who fuck with me every single fucking month than to go buy the follows, go buy the views. I I never like that little farm shit, bro. That shit is just so fucking weird. Because it doesn't even it doesn't even help you. It doesn't. It just I guess it does show. I guess it it gives people the illusion that they fuck with you. But then when you click on the content, you see why there's only really, you know, the con. It kind of like affects the quality of the content. Yeah, absolutely. Because now it's like if you know you're gonna buy your little five thousand likes or your five thousand followers, it doesn't matter because it's not gonna translate. Yeah, it that it doesn't like for me. Being a promoter, I'm an artist and a promoter, so yeah. that shit wouldn't translate at all. Because if I got fake numbers, like how am I gonna bring out crowds? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I don't give. Like when I tell you, if I wasn't in the industry, I would not give a fuck about social media. I do it to keep up with Jiggy Bars because I need to. Yeah, you have to have a clean your your Instagram is your online resume. Yeah, but for me, like when I have shows and I got bro, I'm on the phone. I, fuck social media i'm calling people what you got going on yeah i'm literally talking to motherfuckers bringing up conversations talking to people like that's that's the real way to to bring people out that's the real yeah. way to engage with people because social media like my people will literally come in drop fire emojis yeah. just to support that yeah. you know what i'm saying we don't, and shout out the canvas because they've been doing the same shit with me you know yeah, the facts. moment the moment that me and you linked up like i already started just started seeing the support and shit like yeah. that so it's like that i fuck with that heavy bro because it's like it makes me feel comfortable knowing that like okay now I have this space. I can use this space as well, just as mm-hmm. like anybody else. Facts. You know? And we'll definitely top it up, man, more about that because I really want you to be able to utilize this shit, bro. I want you to take off with this shit. And I'm telling you, like, the second that we post content, it's a wrap, bro. Yeah. It's a wrap. Because I appreciate you, bro. I, do you have anything coming up? You got anything you're working on? Anything you want people to check out? Um, Man, shit. I just got this show coming up on the 30th at the Wild Hair. Um, in yeah. Lincoln Park, Chicago. So send me the flyer. Send me the information. Yeah, I'll send I you the you. flyer and the info for that shit because yeah. that's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a show. Yeah. Like you know, what I'm saying we're we're really putting on for this one. Yeah. Got a 30 minute set, bro. I've never performed for 30 minutes. <laughs> and that's just man. That shit's like serious. I'm, gonna go, serious. Hit, I'm finna go hit the treadmill as soon as I leave here. Oh God, bro. <laughs> I appreciate you. Oh God. I appreciate bro. you taking the time to sit with me, bro. I appreciate being able to share the space with me and just really. You know, having my back on this, bro. Absolutely. So, thank you so much. You know, you know, I appreciate it. You know, thank thank you for everybody for tuning in and watching. There's gonna be a lot more of these coming. Make sure you guys follow Jiggy Bars. I'll li- I'll link him in the uh in the descriptions and all that. I'll link Transcend. I'll link everybody. Make sure that you guys connect. Follow these guys. These guys are amazing people. They're really good people. And you know, follow the We On One podcast on Instagram for more yes, updates sir. and behind the scenes. We thank on you so much. One.